When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the rock and roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know entirely too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. With me, as always, is my co-host. Not only does she not know as much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, she also does not know what we're doing this episode, which is uh, a little extra bit of fun for us this week. It's Kristen Stuttered. Hi, Kristen. Hello. I am racking my brain trying to figure out who we have left to to cover and who we could be talking about today. Yeah, because I, I have intentionally withheld that information for the sake of compelling radio. Is it? Oh, wait a minute. Is it Carol King? So you you figured out who's left. Yes. First thing I got to mention is you sound great on the AKG. Thank you. Let me just go ahead and bring in our guest with us here today. She is the lead singer of the DC area band, The Paranoid Style. She is also a culture writer over at The Ringer. And I thought she was a perfect guest for this episode because she just wrote a great article on the 50th anniversary of Carol King's Tapestry. Okay. If y'all would have heard the preamble <laughs> to the show, which was me being like, Tina Turner and Joe being like, we talked about Tina Turner two weeks ago. Do you not remember that? Um, but let's welcome our guest, Elizabeth Nelson. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, guys. It's so nice to be here. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about Carol King. I just can't believe I didn't. It took me so long to get there. I'm not shocked, but... I am upset. <laughs> yeah, with yourself, perhaps more than anyone. Truly. Elizabeth, I would love to just kind of start off. This is typically how we start off an episode, getting your general point of reference for this weird institution called the Rock Hall. Where are you coming in? Have you seen an induction ceremony? Is this uh, on the periphery for you? I'm definitely aware of it. I don't obsess over it, so I, I'm not quite in your camp, Joe, but I, I do, I mean, I care about all of our celebrities. So <laughs> I do follow, you know, the nomination process. And I, I as a music critic and stuff, you know, I, I kind of keep just half an eye on it, but it's, I think it's a weird institution, but yeah. So I, I have watched induction ceremonies. I think they're really exciting. I'm always taken aback by how cool they wind up being, but yeah, I, I'll say I'm a, a fan. I love Jan Wenner. Um, <laughs> so do I detect sarcasm? I, I don't know. You're, you guys are the comedians. I'm, I'm just here to, to do reporting. Jan Wenner, America's sweetheart. <laughs> Not, no notes. Jan, keep, keep up the good work, my guy. Well, why don't we play a little bit of 
Elizabeth Nelson is a rock hall voter. And let me pull up this year's ballot. And then we will pretend like you have a ballot. And this will be a way for us to get to know you too, by seeing who you choose. You can choose five artists from this ballot. And I'm sharing the screen right now. Where is Elizabeth Nelson coming in? on her rock all ballot? Well, I'm going to go Carol King, number one, because- Strong uh, opener and a correct choice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I won't I won't say too much because I know that that's what we're going to do on this episode. So I, I feel like we'll be covering a lot of, of her catalog and, we'll and get, her life. We'll get to it so. for sure. But number one, Carol King. I'm going to go Tina Turner, number two. Absolute, um, out the gate, the- Two absolute excellent choices, one and two. We love to see it, Elizabeth. Sorry, I'll let you say why and how, but I just couldn't agree with you more. Okay, so she's in already. So is Carol King. I I know that to be true. And I know that a lot of people think that that is disqualifying. And I fundamentally disagree with that. I reject that premise. I think Eric Clapton is in like four times. So (laughs) they should be in as many times as they want to be for every category that is available. Tina Turner, I'll just share one anecdote about Tina Turner. I think she's a goddess, but my favorite rock and roll anecdote about Tina Turner is that Brian Johnson went to audition for ACDC to take Bon Scott's place and audition uh, singing Nutbush City Limits. That is how he got into ACDC. Interesting. So there would not be Back in Black without Tina Turner. In addition to literally everything else that she has done, which is perfect and great, uh-huh. there wouldn't be rock and roll without Tina Turner. So Tina Turner, number two. Put her <laughs> in. Yes. At least twice. Yes, come on. I mean, if I only have five, I could just go Carol King, Tina Turner, Carol King, Tina Turner, but I can pick some more if you want. It's hard to fill in a box twice, so <laughs> you got a balance. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so third, I'm going to go Go-Go's. Very good. To me and Kristen, we've we've been over this if people listen to our show, but those are top three Without a doubt, you have to vote for them. The overlap of our ballots so far is 100%. The three um, of us have the exact same ballot Yay! from well, the this, jump right now. This is good. Yay. However, to be clear, none of us have actual ballots. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all this in is fantasy an, land. a fantasy exercise. <laughs> I wish that we did because I think we all have really, really good opinions about this. So if Jan's listening, we're available. And I think he is, especially since I just told everybody how great I think he is but so so yeah I mean the Go-Go's I can't say enough good things about them you know I, I just read Kathy Ballantyne's memoir I thought that was amazing documentary's amazing I have listened to them forever you know it, they're funny to me because they really did actually come up in like the crust punk LA scene they were hanging out with Darby Crash and Fear and X mm-hmm. like you know people think of them as pop and they certainly are and they they slay at that but I mean you know they were real punks and mm-hmm. Charlotte and Kathy and um, Jane all right and you know Belinda and Gina both contribute so much so they're kind of like doing the Beatles model where everybody's kind of writing you don't get Slater Kinney without the Go-Go's I think they're massively influential I think they kind of flip the um, objectifying of other people so they like kind of do the objectifying of boys thing really well and I, mm-hmm. I think that's really cool and feminist and I just I love them I think they should be in so let's let's get them all in let's right away do it absolutely First year nominated, absolute must induct 
It, it's their first year. I did not know that. This is their first nomination. Oh, they have long crap. been snubbed. Longtime oh. snubs were eligible for the ballot in 2006. So it has been 15 years Jeez. to finally get them on the ballot. But, you know, a lot of momentum on their side this year with the documentary and everything. So we're, we have our fingers crossed. Cool. Well, yeah, put them in. I mean, yeah, that's, those that's three dumb. right there are the, are our top three with like an absolute bullet. Okay. And they're the, I think, three that have a really good shot this year, at least from the people we've talked to the, from, from our perspective. I don't know. Here's yeah, take hoping. That, take that with whatever grain of salt you'd like. But yeah, yeah from our expert analysis. Yeah. That's what we're, we're predicting. All right, coming in fourth. Who do we got? I am going to go Dionne Warwick. Very good. Uh, I would choose her as well. Oh, cool. Uh, well, um, I, and uh, Kristen, are you uh, she not a person? Is, she is. I like Dionne. I'm not mm-hmm. against her induction. She just doesn't make my ballot. Okay. But I, I mean, I would love her to be inducted. There are so many people that are so deserving. and yeah. It's a very uh, good ballot. It's a great ballot. Competitive and, and yeah. valid ballot. So Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is an embarrassment of talent on the ballot. So I'm not trying to say that I don't like any of these other acts, but I, I just actually, I think it is insane that she's not in there. Like looking at this, I like, I, I mean, I, I cannot believe that she's not already in. And I don't think that she got in for some other rando category no, like Carol or Tina. Um, so that's like a mind obliterating oversight to me that she is not in there. I mean, she is one of the greatest interpreters of song in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that she is just such an amazing presence. And it's like that, you know, we could play this game of like, who is actually in there. I don't want to do it because it seems mean, but like freaking Irving Azov is in the rock hall and Dionne Warwick isn't. So I'm sorry. Thank like, you. Yeah. Let's put her in. And she's one of the artists on the ballot that has been eligible for yeah. the longest time. You know, obviously Carol and, and Tina have been eligible pretty much since the very beginning, but Dion's up there too. I think maybe she could have been inducted in like the fourth or fifth ever class of the hall. She has been snubbed for decades. Well, okay, let's let's right this wrong. Um, yes. If I have anything to say about it, I hope that I hope she gets in. Uh, we were pushing so hard for her last week too. And then we had someone, we had with someone on with a ballot. Actual ballot and we were trying to make, and we did make some impressions and we were able to change some votes. And this was a friend of ours who, you know, he will admit he is an old white man and, you know, he had the artist he wanted to vote for and we were able to steer the ship a little bit. And we were trying to steer towards Dion. We got him to go for Tina, which was, you know, Tina, we don't think really needs the votes the way that Dion might, but we were, we accepted it as a I, I mean, he just really, he faked us out so hard at the end because Tina was right next to Dion. At the bottom of the ballot, he, like, yeah. literally was circling with the pen and then down onto Tina. <laughs> we were like, oh, y- yay, right. we like that. But Dion could really, she needs the votes, you know? Oh, man. Like, she's going to be filling out that sixth or seventh slot if they, you know. She's not number one with the bullet the way my girl Tina and Carol. Right, I'm right. With Carol, we'll talk Ugh. later, but I'm just I'm hopeful. Okay, sorry. So Dion, obviously, yeah. great choice. Okay, yeah. Cool. That, this is the same as my ballot so far. This is Joe's exact ballot. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I, I think this will be good because it sounds like we, we we share a lot of stuff in common. So, by the way, everyone, we all just met. So, um, yes. <laughs> This we is how we bond. Met each other before. It's going great, though. <laughs> yeah. As as host and guest, this is how we come together. <laughs> and then 
I can make an argument for just about everybody else on this list, except for probably the Foo Fighters, who I do not understand um, their inclusion <laughs> on this list, other than like they, I think they live at the Rock Hall, maybe. Yes. Um, Dave Grohl is the Rock Hall's favorite son. He is they, on the nominating committee. He plays at nearly every induction ceremony. Yep. He is inducted a lot of people he introduced last year's like online special. ceremony he's just he's, he's the rock hall's the favorite. game for quite a bit now and that has earned him his spot and i will also say <laughs> in the past few weeks we have been shitting on the food fighters <laughs> we have gone hard on the food so fighters much so that like and the thing is they're not even the, they're just they're out of their league right especially now. given like, that it's not they have not been snubbed this is their very first year of eligibility mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and they're up against people who have been snubbed for so long it just really it highlights it in a way that is not very positive for them. But you I know. like don't hate the Foo Fighters. I'm just like, I don't think so. When I look at this ballot, I'm like, that's who you're going to go hard for? The Foo Fighters? No, no. Anyway, they, not in 2021. They'll, they'll get in. I, I'm sure they will. Um, and and I, I, yeah, I'm not trying to say that I dislike what they do. I think it's a shame that Husker Du will never get in and Foo Fighters are just playing warmed over Husker Du. But I still think they should get in because they seem like really nice people. And I, I really, I genuinely mean that. Dave Grohl is from this area. So, you know. That's right. Yeah. Northern Virginia represent. But if you would permit me, and I know that this is probably where we're going to radically diverge to go with the sentimental favorite, since I don't have a ballot. So what I just say is just going to be like a stump speech for a band that I love that I want to see get in eventually. I would like to see Devo get in. Love Devo. I will defend them just really quickly. I think that they are the most radical and underappreciated band of the new wave era. They got radicalized at the Kent State Massacre, which was basically just peaceful protesters getting gunned down by the uh, you know U.S. military. And they turned this into this very forward-looking corporate satire that presaged Reaganomics. And I don't know. I, I just think that you know they're like a Warhol project or something. I think they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm assuming that they probably haven't been on the ballot before. They've been on one. This is oh, their second, time. second yeah. time on the ballot. They were on in 2019. From what I understand, these are whispers behind closed doors, but they yeah. were at the bottom of the, of the votes, which is really too bad. They are, and I think I said this last week, they are my favorite band on this ballot. I really just, I love their music so much and they are daring and weird and funny Mm -hmm. and their music is so good and they've been able to be so challenging and yet so successful they've just done a lot of things that i think are really impressive and in in the stream of of rock and roll i think they are an important part of it you're not going to hear any negative talk about devo on this uh show however last (laughs) week we did convince that very same hall voter to switch his devo vote to tina turner we were angling for dion and somehow we took a turn and ended up at tina turner Mm -hmm. uh and i do think maybe it was I don't know. I'm like, did I get too passionate? Because I'm very passionate about Tina going in solo. You accidentally made a very convincing case. I really think I might have gone too hard on that because I have been very passionately Tina solo for since the show started. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and I think that Roy was like, you are right. Tina Turner, absolutely. Queen of rock and roll, put her in. And I'm like, oh no. Like we were angling for Dion. We, he was wanting to go Devo. And we were like, we love Devo, but it's a Nader vote at this point. They're not getting in this year. It sucks. They're amazing. They <laughs> yeah. should get in. 
they're in the rock hall of our hearts and they will get in hopefully eventually. You know, what's interesting. It was like Devo is a Nader vote, but voting for Tina is but like, voting for, like voting Joe for Biden in California. Joe Biden in California. Exactly. <laughs> it's yes. like, he doesn't need it. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe we should, I, I just didn't, we, should have let we him vote really for- got surprised. I'm telling oh. you the pen was circling the area and then just landed on the Tina Turner. And he said it like, that's what we had been arguing for too. And- He's like, and I did it, <sighs> Tina Turner. And we were like, cool, yes, we'll take it. At the bare minimum, we got him on a train where he's at least voting for one woman of color per ballot. So that's (laughs) a good habit. The last time we had convinced him to vote for Janet Jackson, and I did that in person, I almost held the pen for him. (laughs) And all credit to him for letting us influence his ballot. Truly, absolutely. Got to give it up to Roy Tracon. It's like he devotes one slot to letting us pressure him. That's so nice. It really really is. If he's such a huge fan, Roy, if you're listening, like it may be not too late. Like you could just scratch out that Tina and putting the d on pop it on over ink ink looked pretty permanent when we saw it but okay but that's a good ballot that's That's a a good ballot ballot. thanks guys well and those top three those are the no-brainer you go one two three you go tina carol go goes and then you have the other two slots to play with Is how I think of it. Joe and I usually go Jay-Z. Sure. We both go Jay-Z and then he does Dion and I say Chaka. I think Jay-Z is a great pick and obviously future of rock and roll is hip hop. It's, Mm -hmm. it's now. And I Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I would, I would go Jay-Z too. As I say, I just, I had to do a sentimental favorite because I'm sure a lot of people aren't picking Devo except Roy, apparently. I know. (laughs) And we're talking about it. (laughs) I cannot believe that. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, however it shakes out, it will be an interesting class. Or the worst class you could make from this ballot is just, it's not that terrible. It would be very upsetting to me <laughs> if you made the all white male ballot. It just wouldn't, there's, Tina Turner is getting in. Yep. There's no way that, because everyone from every subsect of the voting body will be attracted to Tina. You know, mm-hmm. you'll have the mm-hmm. old guard, like 60s lovers who will go for Tina, you'll get people who are R&B all day who will go for Tina. I think people who are hip hop, they will go for yeah. Tina. I think you're getting young, you're getting old, you're getting everything in between. I think she's going to run away with it, maybe in a in a historic way. I we, think so too. She won't like, know because they don't publish the vote totals, but maybe I can get my hands on it. <laughs> be so interesting to hear. Well, and you know, again, and I know that we will talk about this soon, I'm sure, but it's like the two no-brainer obvious, wow, what an overlook, what a snub, what a history of tying women to their shitty exes mm-hmm. is like Tina and Carol. And Tina's got so much heat right now. I'm like, my girl, Carol, Beautiful the Musical came out many years ago. But the Tapestry 50th is happening. To me, Tina's running away with the momentum of the headline of Tina Turner, double induction. And I'm like, Carol, where's Carol in all this? Because Carol wasn't coming. Yeah, is Carol going to suffer? Not because of, but just I think in a year where there wasn't also a Tina on the ballot. Carol's the one who you're like, Carol King is not in the rock hall. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. Elizabeth, I would love to know, like we can transition into talking about Carol King. You know, I know you are a singer and a songwriter. I would love to know kind of what 
Carol King means to you and or like if you even remember the first time you heard Carol King's music? Sure, I, I would love to talk about Carol King and my early experiences with her. I mean, I think the, the thing that is so interesting and wonderful about Carol King is that you, you don't even realize that it's Carol King at first, or at least I didn't, you know, like she's part of the furniture. You just grow up hearing songs that she wrote. And I, you know, I said this in the, in the piece where it's like, I mean, at least, you know, once every couple months, I'll be listening to a song and I won't know who have, who wrote it and I'll go look it up and I'll be like, oh, Carol King wrote that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like, whether it's the Chevelles or the Beatles, you know, or Aretha, these songs are just there, you know, like they're in the DNA of the culture. And so like growing up, they were just ubiquitous. And I didn't even realize that it was Carol King. I, I guess the first time that I actually really heard Carol King was my, my best friend in high school, whose name is Nikki Beer. And uh, she wanted to perform You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman for our high school's variety show. And I was a very serious classical piano player. And so she asked me if I wanted to accompany her. And I said, sure. And I had assumed she wanted to do like the Aretha version because that was the only one that I knew at that time. And like, oh, this is going to be so cool, you know? And like, so um, she said, no, no, I want to do the Carol King version. And I said, oh, okay. Like, I didn't even realize who Carol King was. So. Mm-hmm. This was in the mid nineties where like, you couldn't just go to the internet and listen to the song. Um, Mm -hmm. And you couldn't just go get like the chord chart from whatever guitar website or whatever. So like, Mm -hmm. I actually had to go to like the music store and buy the Carol King tapestry sheet music. Mm -hmm. And I bought the record. And like, that was my allowance gone. So I could accompany my friend at this what variety show. Friend. She, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it was also, very- helpful. just like, that is the most variety show. Two high school girls getting together and singing Natural Woman. One's on piano and the other one's like, I have this friend who can play piano and I, I just have it in my soul to sing Natural Woman. And like, the school's gonna love it. It's gonna be a buzz on Monday. It is a very talent show thing also to yeah. like, pick a song that like maybe you're not mature enough yet for (laughs) big time (laughs) meanwhile it was like so this is again the 90s and so there's girls dancing sort of provocatively to like nine inch nail songs and we're like rehashing the 70s you know like we thought like oh this is gonna be awesome we're gonna get so many boyfriends out of this and we slayed by the way like obviously we're professionals at the end of the day (laughs) so it was a really really fun thing but then it was like I was stuck with this book of sheet music and this record. I, I don't know, like if you guys bought records like this, but you're kind of just stuck with it because I didn't have any more money to buy anything else. So I was like, well, I guess I'll listen to this and like look at the sheet music. And there, her craft as a piano player is so remarkable. And then the, the song craft itself is also pretty outstanding and, and lyric writing. I know Goffin did some of it, but it was just, you know, like worlds opening just by experiencing this record and looking at the music and sort of understanding how she was writing it. So that was kind of my entry point and just been a fan ever since. And you're still friends with this friend who sang with you? Oh yeah, we're still totally best friends. I love that. She rules. That's such a good introduction story too, because I can remember that too. You buy a CD or whatever to have one song and then you're like, well, I guess I'm really getting into these CC Peniston deep cuts. Like- And luckily that was Tapestry, which is pretty much all bangers. So what are you going to do? Yeah, that you l- lucked out. 
quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, for real. Well, you made reference to Carol King's first act of her career, which was as a songwriter with her husband, Jerry Goffin. And I want to make sure we give the kind of historical context because that first part of her career has been inducted, as, as we've mentioned. As songwriters, Carol King and Jerry Goffin were inducted in 1990, early on in the Rock Hall, which is why we suppose that Carol King has not shown up on the ballot as a performer because there's this idea that she has already been honored and that this career, which is, as you say, an astonishing career of songwriting, that has been acknowledged. And that also encompasses her solo career as a performer, which it does not. But let's just kind of talk a little bit for context about those kind of first few years in the 60s. I mean, really, Carol King got started in the late 50s. She got started very young as a teenager, met Jerry Goffin very young, who is the lyricist, and we can make that clear, that's kind of the division of their songwriting partnership. She's the music, and Jerry Goffin is the lyrics. So technically, yes, you make me feel like a natural woman. The words were written by a man. I know Kristen can also chime in here, too, because yes. it's well-documented on this show. <laughs> big fan of the, of the Broadway musical Beautiful. It comes up. Uh, more times than really it it's should. It's just the only thing I know. I saw it with, I took my mother to see it for Christmas a few years ago. And so everything I know about Carol King, I know from the musical Beautiful. I know about how they were working in the Brill building and how he had an affair with one of the people they were writing songs for. And then she had to go rebuild on her own in California and write the <laughs> album Tapestry. And it's a beautiful story. There's also this other layer of Goffin's life that I don't know if this comes up in the musical and I'd love to know if they did handle it, but he was very inspired by Dylan and he decided that he wanted to be like Dylan and he wanted to expand his mind. And so he started doing just a ton of LSD and he just got super paranoid and kind of strung out. And she actually had to like consent to give him electroshock therapy, which I think was really effed up for her because like, you know, she also, was, I don't she's know, 20 administering years old at the, the time. Shocks? Well, no, no, I think she was like, really, there wasn't a scene where she's, you know, warming up the paddles or anything like, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I was just curious. Cause I think that's another reason why, like, cause he wanted to go out to LA and really expand his mind on this trip. And so she kind of followed him out there in that way too. I don't think there's ever a moment in the show. It would have been cool if they had done like a trippy LSD number, but no, it's like a pretty fit. straightforward <laughs> jukebox musical where they're also just telling the story of her life. And then you're just like flashing back to her, like alone at a piano, like with just a spotlight on being like, in those days, you know, and she's playing her piano. It's like a, it's not a good musical, but I <laughs> learned a lot about Carol King and that has helped me on this show. You know, I have now seen some scenes from Beautiful because I looked into the Kennedy Center honors 
from a few years back where they uh, honored Carol King. The way they do the Kennedy Center honors is interesting. They have all the people that year sitting up in the balcony with the literal president watching people give speeches. And with Carol King, instead of just it being speeches and performances, they could kind of interweave Beautiful the Musical with the actors from the show. I mean, I'm just not like a theater guy and seeing like the kind of wide-eyed like, wow, the Brill Building like is not gonna, not gonna really do it for me. But I just, I wanna make sure I say this now so I don't forget to say it later. At the very end of the Kennedy Center Honors, they do I Feel the Earth Move, they play it, and kind of everybody who had been a part of the proceedings that night is out just kind of like dancing and singing, including because George Lucas had also been <laughs> given a Kennedy Center honor that year. Jar Jar Banks. Jar Jar Banks is on stage. I mean, it's literally C-3PO dancing no. to I Feel the Earth Move. <laughs> no. And it is... So it was. I was so not expecting it. Also because I had skipped forward to just the Carol King part. So I'd kind of forgotten that George Lucas was involved. And to see them like singing, I feel the earth move and C-3PO is literally in the background just dancing around is one of the more surreal things I've seen. Uh, on television. One of your favorite things about the Rock Hall are like the jams at the end where it's a bunch of people who you wouldn't normally see together <laughs> jamming on a song yeah. that you normally wouldn't hear them jamming never, on together. And like that's the crossover. <laughs> an android to, to be one of those, a stuffy British android. <laughs> Let's just hit some of those songs to give context for how big the Goffin King partnership was. Their first Number one was Will You Love Me Tomorrow by the Shirelles. Before then, they were still holding on to their day jobs while they were writing in the Brill Building. And then that took off and then it was hit after hit after that. The legend is fun with the locomotion because it's sung uh -huh. by Little Eva, who also had been a babysitter for their kids. Obviously, Aretha's version of You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. So many really pivotal. I think that's why it was easy for the Rock Hall to make that call because it plays into, you know, the Rock Hall is kind of caught up in their 60s fantasy of that type of that era and those songs. And so it was very easy to acknowledge the songwriting of all that work that gives them a raging boner. Those are so many songs and they're so incredible. And then yet there's still even more. It's the same with the Tina Turner stuff where it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, all that stuff was like really good. And I'm glad it got acknowledged and everything, but that is not the whole story. And to say, oh, we've acknowledged her and her ex. They're done. Thank you. All the good stuff happened in the 60s. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, there's some sexism deeply rooted in that decision. Do you think that? If I know that's crazy for me to step out uh, and make hmm. a claim like that. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, okay. I, do, I do think that has something to do with it. And then I think it, it's really, it's a kind of a confounding thing. You know, the major release for Carol King as a solo artist was Tapestry and kind of the, the rest doesn't really compare. 
that might have something to do with it. But also Tapestry is just so, so monumental of a release that even if she didn't do anything after that, like that is Mm -hmm. probably enough. Prior to Tapestry, she did do a couple of records. One was with a band, I think it was called The City. And it's, I I didn't like it, but some people do like it very much. And then she did a record, Writer, which is sort of like the negative image of Tapestry. And I think a lot of people don't like it that much. And it's it's more of a struggle than a triumph, but it's, it's beautifully arranged and it's produced really well. And I think that it contains what I think is her single best song, which is No Easy Way Down. was covered by everybody from Dusty Springfield to Mark Eitzel. It's one of the most beautiful songs about depression that I've ever heard. It absolutely moves me to tears and that's on writer and that's kind of coming into the run up to Tapestry. So I just wanted to get that out there. Put it out there. I'm glad that you did. (laughs) Why don't we go ahead and take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we are going to evaluate Carol King's solo career according to Joe Quazala's weird little categories. So we will be right back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break. Someone told you that you were doing an excellent job. Yeah, you got that needed boost. You got that seal of approval. It made you feel good. It scratched that little itch deep down inside. (laughs) All right. So Carol King became eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the very first year of the Rock Hall's existence because before anyone had heard of Carol King, she was putting out singles. She put out some singles in the late 50s and she was nominated actually as a solo artist in 1989 did not get in. And then the next year they inducted her with Jerry Goffin under the non-performer category and was inducted by Ben E. King, who is the lead singer of the Drifters, who mm-hmm. they wrote songs for. Carol King has shown up at induction ceremonies to induct and perform. In 2010, she inducted a slew of songwriters, including Otis Blackwell, Jesse Stone, Mark Schumann, Ellie Greenwich and Jeff Berry, and their colleagues at the Brill Building, Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil. That was a year where they just really like went for it with the songwriters. Two years later, she inducted Don Kirshner in 2012. And Don Kirshner was the man with a golden ear. He was the publisher at the Brill Building and kind of oversaw everything, put songwriters together with artists, launched artists, created the monkeys, did all sorts of things. I do believe he is a character in Beautiful the Musical. That would make sense. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next year, 2013, Lou Adler, who produced Tapestry, Carol did not induct him, Cheech and Chong did, but Carol performed as part of his induction. She performed so far away at the ceremony. So Carol King has shown up at the Rock Hall quite a bit. They've got her number and, and she plays the game. It is interesting when you go through uh, all the connections here. She and her husband have been inducted as songwriters. Her publisher has been inducted. Her producer has been inducted. We are really circling the <laughs> obvious one many times here at the Rock Hall, which is the solo career as a performer. And she, you know, she's finally on the ballot again this year, obviously. Let's talk about the first category, which is iconic slash recognizable songs. Now, it will be hard to not just list off everything on Tapestry. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) 
I think the the big ones, it's too late. It's too late, baby. Now it's too late. Though we really did try to make it. Went to number one was the leadoff single for Tapestry. Is also a double A side with I Feel the Earth Move. It's a double A side. That's just one where it's like, we're not going to put one above the other. We're yeah. calling both these A sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly really? what it is. I, I've never heard that as a thing before. Essentially, if, if they're not making one the B side and you're essentially pushing two singles as one. Uh-huh. And then I think So Far Away, you hear that constantly. That was another big so hit. far away Doesn't anybody stay in one place I, I'm just going to rattle off some from Tapestry, but you've got a friend. Spring, summer, or fall. All you have to do is call, and I'll be there. You got a friend. Is kind of an inescapable song. Was covered by her friend and sometimes collaborator James Taylor. Spring, summer, or fall. All you got to do is call And I'll be there Yeah, yeah, yeah You got a friend I think the song Beautiful You got to get up every morning With a smile on your face And show the world All the love in your heart Probably because of the musical connection Has an elevated presence in people's lives Another connection that I, you know, it wasn't like a big hit, but where you lead. I will follow anywhere that you tell me to. If you need, you need me to be with you. I will follow where you lead. I think a lot of people know because it's the theme song to Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. And then she did covers of I, it's weird to call them covers when she wrote them but she did her own versions of classic songs she had written on tapestry including her first big hit will you love me tomorrow then a song that is really I, I'm sure very intimidating to try to do herself because Aretha did it but you make me feel like a natural woman that's eight tracks out of 12 but to me those are the ones that I think you hear and that a lot of people would know, even if they haven't listened to the whole album. And then after that, I don't think there are a ton of songs that people know. I would maybe throw in Jazz Man. I know Jazz Man mostly, and I don't know if I'm embarrassed about this, but it's in an episode of The Simpsons. It's in like a classic Simpsons episode. So 
that's kind of how I know it. Carol had a lot of releases after Tapestry that had songs that charted well, but I feel like none of them have really stayed around in the culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with with you about her later material after Tapestry, that it's uh, Jazzman, obviously, Stone Cold Classic, when Lisa Simpson sings it, I love that episode. <laughs> and uh, what is it? Lee and Gums Murphy's yeah. kind of ghost sort of hovers in. In the clouds, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple like I, of other like, I, but I guess they're Goth and King ones. But Yola Tango just covered "Wasn't Born to Follow." And that was like a birds thing. Talk about your rock and roll hard ons, but they did it for Easy Rider. Yeah, it's you know the, the thing about this category is. Anyone would kill to have those eight songs from, or any of those songs from Tapestry over the course of, you know, 15, 20 years of a career. Mm -hmm. It was just all very, very concentrated onto Mm -hmm. one undeniably classic album, which transitions us to the next category, classic albums. This is almost a funny category (laughs) because it's like, yeah, duh, Tapestry. We maybe have never covered an artist on this show who had more of a Stone Cold classic album than Carol does with Tapestry. It's on every list. Everybody knows it. It not only sold, you know, 13 times platinum, it is the, the critics lose their minds for it. Everybody lost their minds for it. To try and act like Tapestry isn't a classic album would be a fool's errand. It is the definition of a classic album. Anyone who's ever made a list of classic albums has had to include Tapestry. Like you just, people would not respect your list if it wasn't on there. And so that means it's definitely on the Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time. This is how we connect these categories of classic albums to critical acclaim is appearances on the Rolling Stone 500. It's been on 2003 for sure. It's been on 2012 for sure. It stayed on for 2020. There's no way it didn't. It's been on them all. I'm sure of it. Okay. Do you guys want to make guesses number-wise where it falls in the 500? I think it is number 68. I would be shocked, actually, if it's not in the top 50, just because of how influential it is and was. But I would be shocked maybe is not the right verb, because obviously women are always kind of pushed to the top of the list. But so 68 feels good, but I'm going to go a little lower because I'd like to see her in the top 50, uh, but probably towards the back end of the top 50, so maybe like 40. Okay. So obviously Tapestry has been on every iteration of the list. There are no other Carol King albums on this list. In the first two iterations, it came in at 36. So very close. Very close. Elizabeth. And then 2020, it went to 25. Woo! Nice. So it climbed the list. This is the highest ranking album of a non-inducted artist. Oh, okay. I thought you, if the, I, oh no, because Joni Mitchell's in the top. I'm like, yeah. I was like, don't say that this is the highest ranking album by a woman or I will lose my mind. I, like I really was, because it could happen. It's yeah. not like out yeah, yeah. of the realm of possibility. And I'm, and just... I'm looking at the 2003 ranking. Everyone who is ahead of her, the first 35, these are all artists who have been inducted. 
and most of them inducted a very long time ago. Can I actually pose a question that might be an interesting project for us to do when we go offline? But I would be interested to know how many of those top 500 actually include a Carol King song on them? Because I would imagine that it is in the number like a Ooh. dozen at least. Ooh, yeah, that's really interesting because I, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, I think the, the the bird song that you just said, I think is on Notorious Bird Brothers, which is on here. She wrote Chains, which is on the first Beatles album. Chains, my baby's got me there's a ton of Aretha on this list. But yeah, there's got to be a lot of Carol representation in this list that isn't just on who the artist is. But if you look into the songwriting credits. When you put it like that, too, that all of the artists that are in her company have been inducted. And again, and not to harp on this, but this is just kind of my go-to example when I'm talking about like people get into the Rock Hall that don't have a classic album. People get into the rock hall mm -hmm. that only have one notable song. At, at, like T-Rex got in last year and Bang A Gong is a great song, but that's their big song. There are a couple other more notable, there, there are a couple other like secondary songs and things. And like, they were cool and interesting and good, but I'm just like, they're in the rock hall and Carol King of Tapestry is not mm -hmm. like, yeah, this you know, is... I, I want to make sure I, we got to find a better example for you. I know because who, the reason who, I, the, who I think because reason... people are going to get mad at me and I don't care, well, but I don't like it. I think T-Rex is not a good example for that is they had to wait a very, very long time. You know, it wasn't like they were ushered in immediately. They had to, but they got in and Pat Benatar didn't get in. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm just but like, still, like, if like Pat Benatar gets in next year, she still won't have waited as long as T-Rex did. Like just yeah. when, when we pick artists like that, that had to wait, like almost their eligibility became eligible. Like when you get almost like, <laughs> like 25 years after the 25 years, you know what I mean? When that happens, then like we can't exactly point to that. I don't think as super unfair because like when you have to fucking wait that long but like i look at someone like jeff beck who got inducted in 2009 solo and had already been inducted as a member of the yardbirds nobody can name a jeff beck solo song nobody can name a jeff beck solo album he was almost just inducted because like oh yeah he's a great guitarist okay but he's already in, you know, and we were able to get him in pretty quickly, especially for a second induction, which maybe is a better analogy here. Was he inducted on, like, how many times did he have to be on the ballot before he got inducted? First ballot. Get out of here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> quit it. Quit it. Just quit it. it quit it. <laughs> I really... <laughs> It's one of those things where it's just like somebody saw on the ballot. They're like, oh, Jeff Beck. I love that guy. I'm a guitar dude. I'm this is a fucking rock exactly. hall. Let's go. We got to put him in. My guy, Jeff, Jeff. They're I not mean, even thinking. Yeah, that what will happen, though, is that same phenomenon, I think, is going to benefit Carol King. You know, but I, it will be worthy this time. Because I, I, really... I don't think you can look at Carol King. And same with Tina Turner. You can't, you can't look at them on the ballot, regardless of their previous inductions or whatever. You cannot look at the, them on the ballot and not think that they're worthy. And even though there's this line drawn with distinctions with, you know, this isn't her songwriting career, there are going to be people who vote for her because they're like, she was a great songwriter. Like the voters are not smart. <laughs> like there's no qualification. <laughs> 
for them to be smart, many of them are members of bands that were inducted. So that's what qualifies them to be voters. And, you know, we know how smart rock and rollers are. Pretty dumb. <laughs> Let's talk about the next category, critical acclaim. The critics love Carol King. And like a, a tapestry alone, people went nuts. It's one of the m- most critically well-received albums of all time. People are still writing about it, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and yeah, I mean, she got tons of acclaim when it came out. Multiple Grammys, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And she, there is not a single aspiring songwriter who not easily accept the one in 10 proposition that you could arrive at something like Tapestry for your first big commercial swing because it, it was just universally beloved and rightly so. You know, sometimes classic albums like this can be not properly received at the time. And then it takes a while for people to come around. But this was really out of the gate. Everybody lost their mind, including people like John Landau, who is the person who runs the nominating committee and is a high powerful man within the institution of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just thinking about the Carol King kind of song aesthetic, it's very 70s. It's very easy. It's breezy. It's light. It's bright. There just was such a time in the late 60s, early 70s, there was space for a sunny sound. It's interesting that that was so commercially successful as well as critically acclaimed. Yeah. And I think you can credit Carol King to, to bringing that to the mainstream. You know, I mean, there are obviously other people and you look at her collaborators, people like James Taylor and Joni Mitchell, mm -hmm. who sing and uh, play instruments on tapestry and who were recording their own classic albums in the exact same building where she was recording Tapestry. I mean, it's, it's been well-documented, that kind of Laurel Canyon movement. It was a, it was a sound and a, and a thing that was happening and, and people were ready for it. Should we go to the next? I mean, some of these categories are, are funny just because <laughs> they, she does so well in them. Yeah. Uh, it almost feels like, okay, let's talk about commercial success. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tapestry went 13 times platinum. It's one of those albums that not only did well, but stayed in the top 200 album charts on Billboard for nearly the entire decade of the 70s. And she several times would have, you know, she would she released her next album, Music, which was that same year and ended up having two albums in the top 10 at the same time. And she would release new albums pretty much one a year, give or take, for the rest of the 70s. And you know, it would, it would be on the chart with Tapestry. That's how, yeah. and it was almost like Tapestry was, it's one of those things where you have an album that's so big that all your other releases, it doesn't even matter what's on it. It's like, they're going to sell too because you're just so massively popular. Like mm-hmm. the, the music went platinum, Rhymes and Reason in 72 went gold, Fantasy went gold, Wraparound Joy went gold, Thoroughbred went gold, Simple Things went gold. That's taking us through 1977. She sold... So many, so many records that you can't, it's absurd. Yeah, I mean, it seems like quantitatively, at least, if we're just going on on sales metrics alone, I can't think how she's been disqualified for this long as a solo artist. And qualitatively, maybe is a little different. If I, I mean, and I don't want to be the person here who's like, well, maybe I really need to reconsider letting her in uh, because they, you know, like, you know, I'm intermittently familiar with these records and I think they're good. I do not think they are as great as Tapestry. She just 
really swung for the fences and, and absolutely scored multiple home runs with that. So I, I don't even, if it's just based on sales alone, then obviously she should be in. If the craft isn't as strong as tapestry, I don't think that should be disqualifying. This is like the most ringer thing ever to do. So you can take this out of the podcast if you want to, but like, if I don't compare this to basketball at some point, like I probably <laughs> will lose my job, but there's like, um, we often in, in my house, my husband and I will talk about how Wilt Chamberlain is considered one of the greatest of all times. And he only has two NBA championships. And that's astonishing because he basically, you know, was like one of the most mesmerizing players to ever see, uh, you know, watching old footage of him or whatever, and I'm sure he's on every list uh, in the top 10, if not the top 25. And yet he only has two. And Bill Russell has 11. But still, Will Chamberlain probably goats. So why not Carol King then? I mean, just because we only have Tapestry and then several other really good records that sold really well, just because they weren't as commercially popular or critically popular as Tapestry. I, I just... I. I'm failing to see it. She could be our Wilt Chamberlain with just tapestry. We're comparing it to an NBA player with two championships. It is, it's almost doubly like, okay, how do you live up to the standard set with tapestry? Mm -hmm. That's like yeah. impossible. And then almost how do you live up to the body of work you had before you were a solo artist too? Mm -hmm. It's like she came out swinging before she was singing her own songs. She hit these insane peaks that nobody else has ever really hit in terms of as a songwriter and then as a solo artist. I don't know what even to, to say. It's like they demanded more perfection. You demand a level of perfection that is humanly impossible. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think she should be in. I think it's a tragedy that she isn't already. Also that they nominated her. I'm just like in 1990, who else got in the year she was nominated and not? She would, no, inducted. I mean, she was nominated in 89 or 89 and she got in in 90. So like okay. 89, she's up against the Rolling Stones, okay. Evie Wonder, Otis okay. Redding, The Temptations. Okay. Like it's. Okay. I mean, I, again, you're saying names and I'm like, those are the, let's put them in the hall. Definitely put them in the hall. I'm like, don't keep Stevie out. You got to put Stevie in, in the Rolling Stones. They seem worthy. Yeah. Seem yeah I'd, I'd put them in, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Wow. I'm wondering who else got left off that year. <laughs> who else was yeah, on so also those on, early ballots had to they're be insane. bananas. Yeah. Okay. So in 1989, people who did not get in included, it's, it's a long list. These have really long nominee lists, but you get Gladys Knight, the pips, the four tops, the four seasons, Bobby Darren, I can Tina. So this is not Carol's only time being on a ballot with Tina. That's correct. Little trivia. <laughs> little trivia for everybody. <laughs> Just a little nugget of trivia for you. Num, num, num. That's got to be a record or that's got to be something that's never happened again to artists appearing on the ballot again after 30, 30 years. years. The only other artist from that ballot who is also not in is a guy named Chuck Willis. Who's that? He was the, <laughs> I think he was the king of the stroll and he popularized the song cc writer for a new generation it had been a, a ma rainey song i mean that's cool 
They can put him in, in one of those forgotten old timers. Early influence. The early influence, but doing a big batch of early influence because he's never going to be on a ballot again. I don't think so. Meanwhile, 30 years later, <laughs> we got Carol still relevant. And if, if we're drawing arbitrary connections between people, Chuck Willis and Carol King both have a song called It's Too Late. It's too late. She's gone. Let's go on to the next category, which is longevity. Like we said, Tapestry allowed Carol to kind of be one of the top recording artists because it was such a successful album for so many years. But maybe this is a category where she does not excel because, you know, she, Tapestry is 71 and she's got a bunch of records and they're all gold pretty much every year up until 77. And then she takes a dip and she releases an album called Welcome Home. In 1978, it doesn't even break the top 100, and neither does the next one. She kind of comes back in 1980 where she releases this album called Pearls, where she sings a lot of those songs that she wrote with Jerry Goffin that were hits for other people. Mm -hmm. She has a minor hit with her version of One Fine Day. Then after that, she's not really, outside of being a live act that can draw, I think the the longevity might be, like if she had made a huge comeback and had another big album like in the 80s, then maybe her case would be a little stronger. I'm like the longevity of Tapestry on the charts. The longevity of the fact that 30 years later, later we're still talking about her. 50. 50 years after the album, but like 30 years after her first nomination. Sure. Meaning that she just is still, like her longevity as far as like relevancy has remained. We're still talking about her and st- her songs are still around. And and I, if I may add to that, Kristen, I'd like, and I understand maybe it's unfair, although I think this is a really stupid reason to make this a disqualification to loop in any of the classic Gotham King material. People are always covering her and Gotham's or just her songs. And so I understand that that is not necessarily 100% the definition of performer versus songwriter, but if we are really going to make that distinction for just Carol King, then I feel like we need to revisit a lot of ballots. We can't consider that longevity. As I said, Yola Tango just covered her last year. And I'm not Yola Tango's publicist, but I think they did a really nice job. <laughs> um, and I, I just think, obviously, she's got longevity. Who cares? She touring. You guys have been on tour, I'm sure. It's really hard to write really good material and be on tour. She's yes. got like four kids. She doesn't really like being in the public eye, as far as I can tell. She lives in like Idaho. You know, she's also this insane environmentalist. She's going in front of Congress and stuff. What more do we want from this woman that she needs to prove to us that she doesn't belong in this dumb, fake institution anyway. Agree. Hard cosign. Well, you know, this is a good transition, I think, into the next category, which is influence. You know, what has, if we talk about her longevity as a performer, okay, but we can talk about the longevity of her influence and the, the people who have been 
influenced by her music. I think she helped to establish the singer-songwriter template to even start naming names of singer-songwriters, like how much time do you have? That that (laughs) 70s era of even just like what I feel like when you see a woman at a piano singing pop songs, there's Carole King in that DNA. Yeah, just about everybody. If we want to just silo it to women, I think you can see her in Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Fiona Apple, gosh, Lady Gaga. And these are just contemporary artists. Have Lady Gaga and Carole King ever gotten together? Have they ever done something together? That seems like it would be a real obvious to me. Carole's been known to hook up with younger artists. Like she wrote a song with Mariah Carey. After seeing her do Vision of Love, they wrote a song called If It's Over. And I'm looking it up. Lady Gaga has performed You've Got a Friend. A few years ago, there was a Music Cares event and they had like a Music Cares Person of the Year and it was honoring Carole King. And uh, Lady Gaga was one of the people who performed. Speaking of the Kennedy Center honors again, uh, Sarah Bareilles performed at that. She seems like a very much in the yeah. mold. You know, James Taylor, they were peers, but I do think they influenced each other. Pink, Alicia Keys, so yeah. many people from so many different areas of music, I think have Carol King coursing through their veins. Also, that's the other thing, okay? There's no fucking dirt on Carol King mm-hmm. hiding out there. She's not a secret fucking alt-right person. And she's, she's, she's not like, even like a diva in the negative sense of the word. You know, she, uh, by all there accounts- There is no negative sense of the word diva. <laughs> but I you know what I mean. I go on yes. record as saying that. But she is not ever considered to be difficult or demanding. She has a reputation as being a very humble person. This was someone who didn't want to even sing her own songs at one point. Like when she started off in her career, she did not want to be a star. And she lives in Idaho and is super concerned with, you know, the preservation of the environment. She was a music cares person of the year. She's like unimpeachably good. It's just nice when somebody is good and they're successful. Yeah, it's not because they're particularly shrewd or they're like shark eyed trying to figure out how to get to the top. Like this, this woman is successful because she's brilliant and people love the brilliance of her work. And if you've ever seen her talk, she's kind of a dork. She's not like a rock star. She is just the, one of the most talented people. You know, she has a Gershwin award, which not many people have. When we talk about distinctions of musicians. What is a Gershwin? She was presented the Gershwin award by Barack Obama. That was the person chosen <laughs> while he was while he was the president. Yeah, of course. So it's, it's like it's it given, makes sense. It's given to a composer or performer for their contributions to popular music. On our way to Carol King, it was Paul Simon, Stevie Wonder, Paul McCartney, Burt Backrack, and Hal David, and then Carol King. Wow. I feel as though we've been talking about it the whole time, but the next category is artistry slash skill. 
She's got a Gershwin. She's got a, yeah, she's got a Gershwin. She's one of the great songwriters of all time. She is one of the great artists of all time. At a certain point, you don't know what else to say. It's like, come the fuck on. I don't want to live in a world where Carole King is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, I just am sick of it. Let's make it right. And just in addition, I'm feeling your passion so much. But I also feel like, again, we have quantitative and qualitative metrics that we can actually look at here. She can play the piano. She can arrange music like Mm -hmm. nobody's business. She sings really beautifully. I know that she says that there's no way that she could ever be as good as Aretha. I think that her reading of You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman is one of the most beautiful. The way that she arranged Will You Love Me Tomorrow on Tapestry is amazing. I mean, you know, it's much more subdued. It's not as, you know, poppy and girl groovy. Obviously, the Shirelles is the gold standard. Aretha is the gold standard. But Carole King can sing and Mm. she can play. And I think that this is really important because all these freaking rockists who are like, well, they need to be able to play their instruments or else it's not rock and roll. Which is often a, a way to be sexist and mm-hmm. uh, to- Yeah, or racist. Exclude people, yeah, um, exactly. So it's like, come on, dudes mostly and whatever women. In addition Self-hating. to it's like- <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I just feel it's like there, there's no argument that she cannot do it all. Yeah, if if you want a well-rounded rock and roll Hall of Fame inductee, here you go. I've, I've got an artist. Got something. She's an artist. She's got the artistry. I know I've been calling every of these categories funny, but this is a funny one. It's the <laughs> is last. This the category. last category. Yeah, last this category. is truly hilarious because we've we've studied and, this. And we've talked about this many times. And and possibly the most important category does my mom know who they are and like carol king is the stuff moms are made of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that deeply mm-hmm. and that and that's another point in her favor where it's like carol king can be for the young people but she can be for your mom as well she's for everybody carol king is just one of the she's got a damn gershwin She's got a Kennedy Center honors. Mm-hmm. She's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. It's like whatever the EGOT is for musicians. This Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing is like probably the final thing that she hasn't gotten. Well, I mean, she again, she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and has been, but this is a, the, we're talking about the, obviously the distinction. So she has already, if there's some sort of EGOT, she probably put the nail in the coffin with the Kennedy Center honors. But this is like Tina, this is a, a powerful symbol and that's meaningful to acknowledge someone as an artist. And going back to the, does my mother know them? We've talked about this several times on the show, but my mother wore out her copy of Tapestry, her album of it, and had to buy another one. My mom had owned it twice on record and then also on CD. I'm sure she owns it. And she probably would have gotten it on eight track if she had an eight track player in her car at the time. She probably would have had it on mini disc if she was trying that out. I didn't even have to text her this time. <laughs> She's ubiquitous. Carol King. Elizabeth, would you say everybody in your family knows Carol King? I would be frankly surprised if they didn't. And I, I know this to be true because when I shared my ringer piece about Carol King on social media, my mom on Facebook, obviously, was like, oh, one of my favorites. So, I mean, <laughs> yes, absolutely. She seemed beautiful. She told me to go see beautiful yes loves carol king i'm sure my father uh loves her as well so yeah 
up. I mean, yeah, she's furniture. I mean, she is, I mean, she's too good to be furniture, but she's everywhere. She's you know, part she's of the air we breathe. Yeah. She Guys, just, she are we is. saying that she's part of the tapestry? The tapestry? Yes. Yes, we are. We are woven into the fabric of the tapestry of our <laughs> daily lives. Guys, we've made it to the verdict. Wow. Should Carol King be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will she be inducted? And will it be this year? Kristen, start us off. Boy, you know how it's gonna hard, be hard this for you. is going to be for me to be say. I haven't said it a lot of times in this episode and in many other episodes, but obviously, yes, Carol should be. She will be. It better be this year. There's no reason that it shouldn't be. As I've voiced, I think she is going to hopefully be the second most vote getter. In my world, she is. In my world, her and Tina are just absolutely like runaway vote getters. And then we just really get to enjoy them at the ceremony. Oh, and she'll come. That's the other thing she'll, I mean, mm-hmm. she, yes, she better get in this year and make the trip to Cleveland. Yes. Great. Should she, will she? Yes, yes, yes. Elizabeth, what do you think? Should she, will she, and will it be this year? Should she? Yes. Will she? Yes. Will it be this year? Yes. A thousand times yes. I would bet a small amount of money if I had any on this. I, <laughs> I think that it's a foregone conclusion and that this has been one of the great oversights along with Dion and Tina. And frankly, though, this is the one thing that might be disqualifying for her is that I bet she won't vote for herself. I bet she'll be like, oh, Shaka Khan isn't in? Oh. You know, give it to her, yeah. and not like a like a give it to Donovan kind of thing. It's like she she's that unassuming and she's that humble and, yeah. and humble that she will probably be like give it to somebody else who deserves it, who's not in. That's and that makes me want her to get it more. So she's here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you guys. Obviously, like this has been a long time snub. It has essentially been a technicality th- these past uh, thirty years she should, she will, and it will be this year. It's been a shame that they have had a hard time knowing what to do with this. And I think it's because no one is like her. No one established themselves as a songwriter and one of the great songwriters for other people and then went on to be a groundbreaking artist. She's kind of in a class of her own, which I think has been part of the reason why there's been no precedent. She should have set the precedent and they should have let her set that precedent a long time ago. But I think it's it's going to be an easy choice and she's going to get in this year and it's going to be very fun. So why don't we talk about what happens when she gets inducted this Yay. year? So who do we think would be a good person to induct them? Amy Sherman Palladino. <laughs> <laughs> creator of Gilmore Girls. Creator of Gilmore Girls. I mean, we talked about this a lot. I mean, Gaga would be great. She has so, I mean, literally there are so many people who, uh, James Taylor, like there's just, there's so, 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 so many. Yeah, to me, James Taylor makes the most sense because of how they kind of started out around the same time and they've worked together so closely and they are so tight. They're obviously friends and they know each other inside and out. It's like every time she is honored for something, James Taylor is there. And it makes me think that if not giving the speech to induct her, then he will be involved some way. Elizabeth, what do you think? What are your picks? Um, Roger Goodell. 
obviously, <laughs> number one. Um, I, I think that the smart money probably is James Taylor. I mean, they're friends. They've had a mutually nourishing relationship. It's kind of a boring pick if we wanted to kind of skew. She's going to be there probably anyway. So Beyonce could be a lot of fun. Um, I bet she's been influenced by her. Gaga, I love. I mean, that's one that I would like to see. I mean, get Dylan, get McCartney. I don't care. I mean, like all of these people would probably happily do it if it wasn't like a super spreader event and, you know, they weren't just totally famous and busy. But James Taylor probably though. I agree with just with the concept of like James Taylor is like a little boring of a choice. Like- But it's also a very rock call choice. Oh, yeah. It's like Jackson Brown inducting Joan Baez. You'd think there could be someone younger and cooler to do it. And yet that's whose number they have. And that's who they can book. Obviously, we're thinking about what the rock hall tends to do. I mean, Alicia Alicia Keys. Keys. (laughs) Alicia Keys inducts everybody. (laughs) Like, she inducts everybody. She'll be back. She she knows how to do it. and She's a good inductress. Does her homework. and Maybe Dave Grohl? Yeah. Do you think he'll be there? He'll be there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe if they can get Dave to show up, then that'd be a great get. Okay, so what do we think the uh what songs should she play? I want this year to be almost all women inducted. I just think that there's so many opportunities. I think obviously she's going to play natural woman. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just such an opportunity if you have other women being inducted to I don't know, do something fun and cool with it. Yes. If some dream happened and Shaka finally fucking got in, then obviously you do natural woman into I'm every woman. You have all the women come on the stage and then Mm -hmm. you just do the whole thing and Michelle Obama is there and she inducts everybody. And it's just like, (laughs) but I know that Shaka has limited chances this year based on history based on history well you know with carol i think it would be appropriate for the very first song to be it's too late because it's yeah a long time coming for this induction and she's looking right into the camera Uh, And I think, you know, we've talked, it's come up many times about who closes the ceremony. We've talked about, do you, if it's Dionne Warwick, do you do that's what friends are for and then bring everybody out for that? Or if it's Tina, do you bring everybody out for some of those classic Tina Turner songs? But it really, to me, the more I think about it, being able to dive into the Carole King songbook after she performs her three or four songs And then you are open to dozens of songs that all these artists who have been inducted already could come back out and play. And the fact that I think a lot of artists would stick around to play with Carole King. That's another thing. Depending on who you have be the foundation of the jam is going to be the incentive for the other artists to stick around. And I think Carole King might be the the one to do it, especially since I don't think Tina Turner is showing up. I'm like, what is Jay-Z's verse going to be on I Feel the Earth Move? You know, like we got 3PO out doing the robot. We got. Oh yeah, we should just have C-3PO induct Carole King. How come I, I didn't think of that? But there's a lot of a lot of Carol songs that I think are are good sing-alongs. You've got a friend. Will you love me tomorrow? You've got a friend. Really, you could see a lot of swaying. Yep, arms around each other. <laughs> arms around Brian. each other. That's very classic rock hall. That's really old school rock hall kind of. It's vibes. it's Ringo getting inducted. Everybody yeah. doing with a little help from my friends. With a little help from my friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it has those vibes. Elizabeth, what do you what do you what would you like to see at the induction uh, of Carol King? 
Oh man, well, I'd like to see I Feel the Earth Move, obviously with C-3PO. You really, really jogged my imagination with this, but also I think that would be kind of a banger. You know, I mean, You've Got a Friend would be very nice and sentimental. Yeah, I, I mean, there's just so many to pick from. You could do, I guess, so far away into, you know, like maybe do a medley with that sort of mixed in and that mm-hmm. could be kind of cool, but you you could not go wrong with any of her tracks, especially off of Tapestry. But if you wanted to dial it back to other stuff too, I there's so many to pick from. So what is her most rock and roll song, would you say? Like what lends itself the best to a jam? E- even including songs that she's written for other people, songs that she wrote with her ex with her ex, all of those. What, what would be just kind of like, that'd be fun to see the Go-Go's fucking get up there and play. I mean, I could see the Go-Go's doing locomotion. Yes. <gasps> yes. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like something fun that could be really fun. And that also is very classic rock, rock hall. That's, that would be very fun. Okay. I'm bad. I'm into it. Okay. <laughs> okay. If Carol King gets inducted this year and it, you know, the pandemic is, over and it's safe to go to Cleveland, Elizabeth, would you go to her induction? Any excuse to go to the Cleve. And, um, <laughs> you know, I said, I might have said, I'm not even sure. I can't remember that. I thought that the Rock Hall was a dumb fake institution. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I, Is this you gunning for a ballot and gunning for a press pass? I, I'm, you know, I'm gunning for anything, um, but, uh, and I might've said some things that sounded like sarcasm toward Dion Wenner, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, as I say, I, I care about all of our celebrities. And so the idea of being a witness to that kind of spectacle in an amazing city like Cleveland, Ohio, of course I'm going. Excellent. Well, we will also be there. And quickly, I want to let you know, Jan Wenner is no longer the chairman of the Rock Hall. So if you want to be honest about that dude, he is long gone. So he's out of there. But uh, we will be there in Cleveland this year. And so if you're there, I hope we all have a really good time. And I hope it will happen too. Because I would really love for an event to happen soon. That would be (laughs) anything, anything. I will take it. (laughs) Truly. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, Elizabeth, I want to give you the chance to plug anything you like. Well, thank you for the opportunity to plug. First of all, I want to, I want to plug um, who cares about the rock hall podcast, mm. um, which I am now a contributor to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's mostly music talk. I am at paranoiac. So I sometimes promote the band there. If you're interested in the band, we are on the Barnon Records label. So you can go check out their website. We sell merch on websites like Big Cartel and Bandcamp. We are on streaming if you want to give me a fraction of a cent and just check out <laughs> one of our records. Um, and yeah, check me out at Ringer. I write for Oxford American. I write for Pitchfork sometimes. I'm diversifying. I write about golf occasionally. So, you know, if, 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 if this sounds like anything you're interested in, then I, it's very easy to find me. I have one of these names that's so exotic, Elizabeth Nelson. Mm-hmm. There's really not just a romance writer um, who has many books on Amazon. Um, <laughs> So yeah, check me out. And thank you guys, by the way. Uh, Absolutely. Super fun. Oh, thank you. And, and the name of the band is The Paranoid Style. I want to make sure everybody has that. And our listeners know they can follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Rockhallpod at gmail.com is the email address. If you want Kristen to see your message, you need, you need to designate that somewhere in there. Otherwise, I'm not forwarding it. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us. Five stars only. Anything less than five is rude. Thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to AKG for that fancy microphone. And thank you to Pantheon Podcasts 
for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares about the rock hall? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.